ourselves. The veil of the temple has, has been rent in two. We don't need anyone else to go to the Lord for us. You are not coming here today to see Jesus because you should have brought him in with you. Right? You are coming because there's seed that is supposed to be planted in your life that's going to help your purpose come to life. To where your fruit begins to come forth. So you have to break yourself out of traditional Christianity that allows a preacher to do it for you. You understand? Because let me tell you something. We all can go before the Lord and hear his voice. Come on, talk to me. We can, we can find that purpose and that life, that, that, that moment that allows us to uh, come forth with a light like we've never known before because the understanding of between flesh and spirit is such a powerful thing. It's such a thing that is not taught, not taught so correctly because we've been conditioned to allow others to speak into our life and oftentimes they speak into our life things that they have heard coming from other people and passed down that makes the word of God of no effect in your life. Right? Man, when your eyes become open, you see Jesus in a different way. Right? Jesus changed the world with 12 people. Turn it upside down. Made a difference. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to make a difference. Now, he had this phrase, and I, I'm, I'm going to do my best uh, just to be teaching some this morning. If I get a little excited, don't hold it against me because, you know, preach, teach, you know, all the same, right? Uh, say this with me. Opening the eyes of the blind. Jesus said, you have eyes to see, but you cannot see. You have ears to hear, but you can't hear, right? So when you're talking about spiritual things, understand that your eyes have to come open in order for you to see something, right? Just because you go to church doesn't mean you see. Just because you come to church doesn't mean that you hear, right? Because there's a difference between Hearing things by spirit and hearing things by flesh. When your life begins to change, you see things more by spirit than you do flesh. That's why nothing that is significant happens really quick in a church. It doesn't happen quick in a person's life. Nobody becomes super spiritual overnight. It's a little louder over here, but I know this crowd, but, uh, right? Nobody becomes super spiritual overnight. You, you don't get saved, run to the altar, no matter who the evangelist is, and they pray for you, and now, you know, you go through the tradition, I'm saved, I'm sanctified, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, and now I'm good to go. No, you're not. You're just beginning to start. And what you hide from other people, God already sees, Right? But you hide it from other people because there is a spiritual condition that they say that you ought to be living by because now you're saved and sanctified. So you hide your sins. Right? You hide them. But your heart doesn't change because you go to church. 
Listen, because you get saved doesn't mean that that's the end of all ends. It's just the beginning. Salvation is a journey, right? It's a journey of transformation into your life where you begin to crucify the flesh. Let me make it real for you. You got saved, but some of you still had trouble. Excuse me. All of you had trouble with your flesh. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, what's he talking about? I, 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 I didn't fool around. Do you understand there's more sins in life than fooling around? Amen. Right? Some of you, even though you got saved, you could not let go of the anger that was still in your heart. You couldn't let go of the jealousy and the envy or the bitterness, right? The unforgiveness in your heart, right? You got saved. You loved the Lord. You came to the altar. You went through all of it, but yet you still had trouble. But sometimes church people define sin as what you do and not who you are. Right? So the anointing is what breaks the yoke in somebody's life. Not what you try to stop doing. Because listen, grace is so powerful that, that, that you, can, you can try to stop doing some of what would be classified as sin. But grace will rat you out because grace says even if you stop doing it in your heart, if you still want to, you've already done it. Talk to me. Right? Too much? Too fast? Because what I'm wanting is to, for, for you guys to come to a different place and a different understanding about who we are and not this building. Right? What you represent, who you represent. Because the truth of the matter is, is that the world is ready for Jesus and the world doesn't have a problem with Jesus. They have a problem with the people who represent him. Talk to me. Right? Isn't that true? Who was it? Gandhi said, I don't have a problem with Jesus. So I just have a problem with the people who represent him. What a powerful, powerful thing for someone to say. Let me tell you, when you have the spirit of Christ living inside of you, you can walk in the house that's full of sinners and before you leave, the sinners will understand that Jesus has been in the house. Right? Not, whoo, I'd be glad when they leave. Right? If you're in a house full of sinners, they should want you to stay because you bring a peace that they can't experience unless you were there. Right? Jesus will turn a house all the way upside down. Right? He'll turn your job upside down. He'll turn, he'll turn it upside down wherever you will allow him to live more than you. Ecclesiastes 3.1, you know it. It's a beautiful scripture. Everybody quotes it. It says, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under the heaven. Say this, to everything there's a season. Everybody say season. season. A time. Now listen, for every purpose under the heavens so James defines life as a vapor he says it's here for just a little bit and then it goes away when you are born 
the hourglass is now turned upside down. Right? You walk in time when you're born. When you're born, it flips. And now there's what is called time. How many of you are shocked at your age today? Right? I mean, it was just like yesterday, it seems. And where did time go, right? Man, man, I was, I was running like a deer. I mean, I ran everywhere I went. I never stopped. I ran, 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 and ran. I just loved to run. If I'm running now, it's because I have to. I don't enjoy it. Don't want to do it. Not fun for me. Years back, Lisa would get up on Sunday morning and she would go out and run 10 miles for fun. I told her I had another idea of fun. Right? Or get up and run. If I get up and go anywhere, it would have been on my motorcycle, right? I ain't running. No way. I mean, you know that you, 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 the concept of, uh, of time when you are a kid seems like it's forever. Christmas used to seem like, oh, it is forever. I blink and I'm going broke again. I have a clause with all my children now. No more babies. I have 13 grandkids. I don't need none. I'll share some of them with you. You don't have one? Just raise your hand. Huh? Wow. Blink. I never even thought I'd even remotely say I'm two years from being 60. Now, I don't feel 60. I did yesterday, I'd have to imagine. <laughs> right? Man, I'm fighting hard. I, I am. I'm like 60. Lord have mercy. I mean, right? When you are born and that hourglass turns upside down, everybody say, this is what's called life. That's life. That's what we call life. Now, you cannot stop time. Somebody say amen. amen. You cannot add time. Amen. Say amen. The scripture says that you can redeem time. In other words, you can recapture what was lost and wasted so no more time is wasted. But what you cannot do is you cannot restore the time. Once time goes, you cannot go back and get that time. You cannot go back in life and change what you have done. Right? Therefore, that's why living in regret is such a waste of time. When you start dreaming about what if, 
And if you had, right, look at your neighbor and say, some things you just have to accept. They're gone. And you ain't going to get them back, right? You have to learn to not waste your time. Look at your neighbor and say, there's only so much of it. Now, I love the fact that the scripture says that you can be restored or the substance of what was stolen from you can actually be restored to you. But you cannot go back and get the time, but you can go back and get the substance. That's a beautiful thing, right? Somebody say you have to redeem the time. Genesis 1.27, we know that God breathed into Adam. He breathed into Eve. They became living souls. He made them in his image after his own likeness. He made them male and female. All you men say, thank God for female. Right? He didn't make two males. Man was identified as both male and female. And he separated the genders by saying male and female, but defined them as man. Right? Somebody say, God knows what he's doing. So there's a side of God that he put in females to represent what he truly looks like. That's why... Men should honor their wives because she's made in the image of God just like he is, right? And it was never meant for a man to be a ruler in the sense of dominance or abuse, but that two people could come together who both had the image of God in their life and each one could could have an impartation into the fruit that God would give them because God said, I'm going to create you in my own image. And out of that image, he says, I'm going to give you the ability to create. So he gives man seed in the male and female, the womb and the egg to come together to do something that is so beautiful and that is to create life. How do you know? That God gave you the ability to create life. Because when that baby comes out, what do people say? That baby looks like his daddy. Well, why does he look like his daddy? Have you seen those ears? <laughs> right? Right? Baby comes out and what do you say? You look at the baby and the baby's like, how do you know it's a Lewin? Dies, right? All the Lewins that, that you can, it's eyes. Well, for some it's the nose. For some it's the ears. That fruit don't fall far from the tree, right? You look at mama and then you look at daughter and you go, oh, look at now. I see where she gets it from. Don't you be silent. Somebody, all you men act like men. Say amen, right? Right? You know where she gets it from. You look at all the daughters and wow, you say. And you look at the mama and you go, whoo, all right, I see. It's like a Travis Tritt, you know. Bet your mama was a good looking honey too, right? <laughs> Y'all didn't know that was a song? Right? 
Every person under the sound of my voice, listen. Just like Adam and Eve, you are living in your own spiritual garden. All right? So, therefore, you have to understand purpose and life and family, the commands of God, because it hasn't changed. All, all, all you men, we are still responsible for keeping the snake out of our own house. Come on, talk to me. Right? No, 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 no. That's not my job. My job is to plant seed into you to help you to grow, to fulfill the purpose that God has blessed you with life to be able to fulfill. But keeping the snake out of your house is your business. Right? And if you let a snake talk to your wife, that's the result you're going to get. Right? Huh? So, God doesn't leave a woman helpless because thank the Lord for the word of God. Right? When God commanded the man, he commanded the man saying, out of every tree, right, woman wasn't even born. She hadn't been made. God see, of this tree, uh, 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 of the good and, and the evil of what you would consider to be the tree of knowledge, you can't eat that. In the day that you eat it, you're going to die. Eve was still inside of Adam. She hadn't been born yet. She hadn't been made yet. She hadn't been created yet. Well, God has never... See, see, listen. God commanded the man. It was the man's responsibility to expound the word to her. And he failed to do that. In fact, he was standing right beside her when the snake was talking to her. And when she took that fruit because she saw it and she had a desire to be spiritual... It was meant to make her wise. And I hear this oftentimes in my counseling sessions that, that sometimes when the woman is expressing her feelings, she'll say stuff like, you make me feel stupid. Like, you make me feel like I don't know anything. And let me tell you something. The worst thing that you can ever do to a woman is to make her feel like she doesn't know anything. And if your wife doesn't come to you to ask you advice... It's because she's too scared to because she's afraid of the way you're going to speak back to her. You ain't listening to me, right? If she's too afraid to come to you to ask you anything, it's because you're too arrogant. And you make her feel like she doesn't know anything. I can honestly tell you, you can ask my wife because you always do. There's no one on the planet that asked me for my advice more than my wife. And I have learned this one powerful thing. If she doesn't ask it, I don't volunteer it. Are you listening? If she don't ask it, I don't volunteer it. All right? Ask me why. Because if she wants to know, she'll ask. And when a woman doesn't want to know, she'll talk. Too, too much? Some of you guys are going. I see some of you women just smiling like, oh. Right? Somebody say it's tight, but it's right. Right? So understanding spiritual things, we have to first understand how we're created. 
how, how God set this thing up. Because the enemy is still coming into people's gardens and speaking and, and, and putting the wrong desire. And unfortunately, sometimes we don't get the understanding of that responsibility. All the ladies under the sound of my voice, listen, if you don't have a strong, strong man in your life, never worry because God hasn't left you by yourself because he has provided the word for you. All right? So you're not, you're not helpless. And, and although Adam failed in speaking to his wife, and listen, when the Bible defines this, it doesn't call him by his name. It doesn't say that, that Adam was with her. It defines him by the role he had. It says her husband was with her. The husband was a higher role. He was the protector, right? But thank the Lord, he doesn't leave us helpless. He hasn't left our women helpless. Let me tell you something. He was the first person that, that was the women's lives. He loves a woman. And look what he did. He restored. Look, look at the honor that he gave Mary to be the first to go and tell. Right? All right? And I, I believe that if, if you know anything at all about Jesus, that Jesus broke every traditional, when it came to women, he allowed the woman to touch his hem that had an issue of blood. Right? Man, he allowed a woman to come into the house that, that supposedly had a bad reputation and to actually just go behind him and wash his feet with her tears. And then to do something very intimate, take her very own hair and drive his feet. And even the self-righteous, wouldn't it be something? I'd be just standing up here and then all of a sudden one of you ladies with long, long hair just came and took my shoes off. Started crying, washing my feet. Right? Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be a sight for so eyes? Right? Most of y'all, your hair ain't long enough, right? Right? Just think about it. This was Jesus. There he is. He's around all these religious leaders. And this woman has this, this horrible reputation, comes and begins to intimately minister to him. Nothing sexual about it. He didn't say, stop, you're giving me a bad name, right? Mary Magdalene, Scripture says, I don't know a lot about Mary Magdalene. No, just as much as you do, right? Here's what I do know. Bible says Jesus cast seven demons out of her. That's all I got to know, right? One is bad enough. Can you imagine seven, right? And I know that Jesus allowed these women to follow him all around, and they ministered to him. They gave him substance. It's a crying shame that we still got churches and denominations that put women under men's feet. Come on, talk to me. Look at your neighbor and say, women are beautiful and they're smart. All you women say, hello, amen. amen. Come on, ain't that right? Ain't that right? That's worth another hello, amen, right? Come on. Can somebody give it to me, right? Let me know you're alive, right? 
You don't have to be bound. Listen, just like if you're a young lady and, and, and you're under the sound of my voice, you get your education first. Get everything that God has for you. And never, ever allow yourself to be dependent upon a man. Talk to me. Right? Nothing in this life says you have to always be barefoot and pregnant. Right? Barefoot and pregnant is good. Right? I'm not saying it ain't good. I'm just saying never be at the mercy of anyone. And always fulfill the dream and the purpose that God has given you. Don't ever live up under anybody's thumb. Right? Be a powerful, powerful woman. Being a powerful woman doesn't necessarily mean being a loud woman. Amen. Right? You know that you could be powerful, but you could still speak with grace. Yeah. Right? An angry woman is an ugly sight. It's ugly. Right? Loud, obnoxious, cocky woman. Right until they open up their mouth. Right? I wouldn't touch them with a 10-foot pole. Right? No, that's dangerous. That kind of woman would kill you. Right? Yeah, she's dangerous, right? Yeah. Beauty is only skin deep, but let me tell you something. Ugly is right slap dab to the bone. you better off married to an ugly woman that's got a good heart. Right? And ugly is only defined by the person who is looking at what they think is beautiful. Come on, talk to me. That's why if you judge beauty by skin, you already stupid. Right? That's the reason why some of your relationships get all whacked out because you looked at what you thought was beautiful. Just to realize that's the ugliest thing you've ever been with. Come on, talk to me. Huh? Am I right? Right? When you live by spirit, you don't look at flesh. Right? You live by spirit, you get beyond looking at flesh. If you only love someone by their appearance, that's not real love to begin with. Come on, talk to me. Somebody say, hello. Is that right? Is it good? 1125 already. Oh, time just goes. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from these words out of my mouth. Get wisdom. Get understanding, wisdom, and knowledge. Best way that I know how to describe this, I ask the Lord, I'm like, give me away. So knowledge, if, if you have a certain location, maybe you've never been there before, but you've been given a location. Maybe we're going to drive to California and we're going to go to a place in California. Do you know you can start out going toward California? Because you know the general direction. And by the time you get to California, you might have taken a multitude of roads. You might have had to turn around a few times. Some people say it like this. You went all the way around your elbow to your thumb, but you finally got there. GPS was possessed. Right? You had to stop, get a new car, because of that place. And you can start off in that direction. Wisdom is different because 
instead of going around your elbow to your thumb, wisdom can show you the exact road of how to get to your destination in less time. That's what life is when you apply wisdom to it. How many of you ever said you can learn the easy way or the hard way? Right? Wisdom from a parent says to the child, this is the best direction for you to go in your life. Rebellion in a child says, I'd rather be lost than to listen to what you say. You don't know anything. Right? Getting silent in this. Right? Wisdom says, hey, if you go this route, you'll get to your destination quicker and it won't take you as long. 33 years old, still living with your mama and daddy. Sure hope you ain't in here. <laughs> All right? What would have happened is if, if you'd have got out of high school at 18 years old and wisdom would have been applied to your life. Right? Come on, talk to me. Right? And you, you would have moved a, a whole lot faster. Now, thank God he can redeem the time. Yes, praise God. In the sense of restoring and putting you back on the right path. You can't go back and get those years. So nobody can tell me, well, it's too late for me to go back to school. Who says? Are you still breathing? For you to get up and complain about you got a horrible job and still keep getting up and doing nothing about it, I don't want to hear it. Because if you truly want to change your life, you'll get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. You'll do whatever you have to do to make a better life for yourself and your family. Amen. And other than that, look at your neighbor and say, you all talk. Because ain't nothing going to magically fall out of the sky and help you. Right? You ain't going to wake up one morning and an angel standing over you and saying, you don't have to go to school. Some of you are waiting for the angel to stand over you and go, 16, 32, 43, 19. And the Super Bowl number is seven. <laughs> right? How many of you played the lottery? I said, how many of you have played the lottery? Son alive. I didn't say you were going to hell. Jeez, almighty. How many of you bought them little tickets? Blast Lee's hide. I went over to eat at Lee's house and he bought me some tickets for like, you know, Christmas. And I'm sitting there and I'm feeling them off and I won. I was like, I was about, I don't even know what it was, 100,000 or something like that. But I was getting real happy. And, and then somehow or another, I don't know if it was Lisa or something, I looked on the back of the card, and it was a fake card. (laughs) 
I should have known. It was, I mean, but for a few fleeting seconds in my heart, it was fluttering. And I was, I was already thinking of all the stuff I could do with that money. And then it just ripped right out of my hand. I'm like, how in the name of heaven, somebody that's supposed to be able to detect when people are lying. But you can't judge a psychopath. <laughs> Ain't that right, Justin? We can't polygraph psychopaths, can we? Glasses uh, hide. Wisdom is knowing how to get there, right? To everything, there's a season, there's a purpose. Listen, there are only two ways on this earth to understand anything. Only two ways. Two ways, that's it. Only two ways on the earth to understand anything. One is by flesh. Do you know that brilliant men that have lived don't believe in God? They can understand quantum physics. They can understand the solar system. They can understand all kinds of mathematics. Understand everything about science, astronomy. But they don't believe in God. Just because a person doesn't believe in God doesn't mean that they don't have wisdom. But they have the wisdom of the world. That's why they can be so brilliant in their mind and people get confused because of how smart they are. So their intellect, when they begin to talk about God cast doubt into other people because they view them by their intellect. Are you listening? That's why when kids go to college and school, the professor, he acts as though he's got all the answers when it comes to God. All right? I just got one thing for him. How does that sun stay where it's at? How does the moon stay where it's at? How does the ocean stay where it's at? And how can you explain the life that just come out of this woman? Right? And if all this came from a big old bang, then son alive, that was one great bang. If we all came from gorillas... And apes, where did the apes come from? All right, man. right? Right? And I really want to know which comes first, the chicken or the egg. <laughs> All right? It's only two ways to understand something. You either understand it by flesh or you understand it by spirit. I hope you are ready for me. I don't know if you're ready for me. That's it. Somebody say flesh. Somebody say spirit. When you understand things by spirit, you understand it by revelation. Something is revealed. Peter said this. Jesus said, who, who do men say that I am? Some say Elijah. Some John the Baptist raised from the dead, the prophet. And, and he says to Peter, he said, who do you say I am? He said, thou art the Christ. You're the anointed one. And he says, 
flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. But my Father which is in heaven. You know, there's a difference between God revealing something to you and you studying to try to learn something. That's why you can search the Scriptures and still not know the Lord. And then what he said? You search the Scriptures, but you still don't know me. But if, if you knew me, if, if your eyes were open, if, 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 if you could hear, you would understand that the Scriptures are speaking about me. But they were blind. They didn't see it. Why? Because there's a difference between living by the flesh and living by the law and living by grace and living by revelation. And it's a beautiful thing. He said, my father revealed it to you. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. He said, the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus told the religious leaders, you have eyes, but you can't see. Look at your neighbor and say, he said, you have ears, but you cannot hear. Right? Flesh, self-dependent, self-ruled, self-reliant, self-righteous, self-made. When you live by the Spirit, you crucify the flesh, right? Flesh just doesn't go away, right? You got saved, right? But what did you have? It does not mean that the desire to do those things were not there because the flesh is weak. But it is the spirit that is willing, right? When you fall in love with Jesus, what happens is you love Jesus more than you do the desires of the flesh, right? So he gives you the power to overcome those things, not because it's not a desire to do them, because if we let ourselves go, we could practically still live any way we want it because our flesh could be that weak. The only reason why some of you are not smoking dope is because you quit. But you didn't quit because you didn't like smoking dope. You quit because you love Jesus more than you do dope. Right? Some of you, you stopped fooling around. Why'd you stop fooling around? Because you got married and you know your wife would kill you. Right? And true? Some of you guys, you ain't saying nothing, right? Right? Some of you ladies, right? Same thing, right? But if you, if you had a mindset, it would be easy to go back and live in the flesh because there's pleasure in sin, right? If there was no pleasure in sin in your life, come on, say amen. When we're not... We're not talking denomination here. It's okay. You can, it's all right to say you enjoyed sinning. If, 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 please help me. Did you enjoy sinning? Yes. Yes. So you didn't stop sinning because you didn't enjoy it, right? Some of you stopped because you were afraid people were going to find out. So you did really good at hiding your sin. Right? Then you get stronger and you get stronger and you get stronger and you get stronger. So you can either live by the flesh or you can live by the spirit. But if you can live by the spirit, you crucify the flesh. You're renewed in your mind. And listen, the difference between carnal-minded is they can't understand the things of the spirit. But those that have been born by spirit, you can still understand the things of the flesh. They don't go away 
you just choose to crucify the flesh, right? But you still have a knowledge of it, right? It don't go away. Look at your neighbor and say, you're never going to be that spiritual. And you ain't, right? I've canceled half of you. I know you're not, right? When you live by flesh, you live in week, 365 days a year. When you live by flesh. Now listen, you only have so much time. And then life is over. And listen, whether you are a believer or not is irrelevant. I'm going to help you. When you live by flesh, you live in time. Whether you are a believer or not. Because you can be a believer and still live in time. Look at your neighbor and say, you can still live in time. You can be saved. You can be born again. You can be born again by spirit. But because of traditions and being cultured to your Christianity, you can live by a set of rules. You can live by a set of ceremonies. You can live and observe a holy day. Sunday. You can make Sunday your holy day. That's the day you come and get your Jesus on. Right? It becomes a holy day. It becomes ceremonial. You can be saved. You can be born again by the Spirit. But you can live in time. Galatians 4.10 says this. You observe days and months and seasons and years. Listen, Colossians 2.16 says, So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon. Everybody say Sabbath. Listen. When you are living by flesh, you observe time. So much time. But do you know that you can be saved? Go to church for 35, 40 years and live in time and not much change in your life. Because what you've lived in is in tradition and culture and ceremonial things that made you appear to be spiritual. When God never wanted us to appear to be spiritual, God wanted to put purpose in our life. And there's a difference between living in time and living in purpose. You can go to church, spend 30 years in church, and not fulfill your purpose. You can come to the end of your days, but not fulfill purpose. Look at your neighbor and say, time is over. 1 Corinthians 3 verses 12 through 15 says no one can lay a foundation other than the one that has already been laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on this foundation, he can lay gold, silver, precious stones. He can lay wood, stubble, and hay. But it's going to be tried by fire. And a man's work then is going to be defined. And it's going to be tried by fire. 
This is one of the most important things that you could ever hear. That it's going to go through that fire. And if the process of that fire reveals it to where this was something that was tradition. This was, see, see, you can wash your hands, but still not be clean. You can come to church and sing, but it still not be worshipped. You can come to church and listen, but it doesn't mean you got a seed put inside of you because your heart's not right. Your ground's not prepared, right? He said it's going to be revealed by fire, but listen, this is the beauty of it. That's why you can, you can go to church and, 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 and not fulfill your purpose, but because you believe in Christ and you accepted Christ as your Savior, even though your works might be burned up, he said, nevertheless... You will be saved. You know why? He said, because I'm never ever going to let my grace be defined by your works. He said, I'm so powerful that I will save you even though your works will be burned up. And that is because you went to church and you served tradition instead of coming alive and letting the spirit of the Lord rise you to a place where now you are living in a higher realm because you are living by purpose. And when you live by purpose, time is irrelevant because God gives you purpose. And listen, you won't die before your time. Right? If he gives you purpose, God establishes time to be subject to the purpose that he's called you for. That's why when Paul finished his purpose, he said, my time of departure is at hand. I have finished. Right. See, see, I, I don't want to go before I'm supposed to go because I've lived by time. See, when my time is up, it means my purpose is fulfilled. Right? And listen, when, when God purposes you for something in this life, he makes time relevant to the purpose that he gives you in time. Too many people who live by time live by the flesh. And they come to the end of their days not fulfilling their purpose because they never ever truly understood that not only are you born by spirit, you live in spirit, you walk in spirit, you sing in spirit, you are spirit. And when you live by spirit, you overcome the flesh and you stop living in carnal-minded. You, you stop living for retirement. Don't live for retirement. You live for purpose. Because at the end of your purpose, retirement is over. Right? When you die, the words that you want to be able to say come out your mouth. It is finished. To die without saying those words of you. <laughs> He's so powerful that even if you don't fulfill his purpose, he died for us so that grace would always be applied to our life. And that our reward is based upon works, but not our salvation. Come on, say, say amen. Ain't you so glad? Yes. Right? You know, statistics say that only 20% of the people do all the work and all the giving in the church. My goal in life is to never have a group of people who live by that statistic. 
I promise you that if 100% of the people will come in one mind and one accord, accord, and that we will all do our part, that your church will never lack. There will always be money for vision. There will always be purpose that is given to the church. Not so that we can appear to grandstand because there's a lost and a dying world, world out there that need to see Jesus, right? And they need to see Jesus not through the preachers and the pastors and those that are what, what's considered to be out front because a lot of them don't trust the people out of front. They need to see it in you. See, see it beyond just coming to church. I hear a lot of people say, I can go to church just sitting at home looking at TV. And you can't disagree with that. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. Right? You can't argue with that. But why do you come to church? You come to church because the scripture says that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Because, listen, there's power in unity. There's power in those numbers. There's powers. Listen, there are moments in your life when you don't just need to pray for yourself. You need the body of Christ to come to your rescue. Come on, talk to me. Like when you're going through something, isn't it a wonderful thing to have someone that you can call on, someone that you can trust? Look at your neighbor and say, trust is a big thing. Paul said that my time is over. Do you understand that? Paul fulfilled what God had called him to do. There was a time in Paul's life when he was speaking there at Antioch and he made so many important people mad that the Bible says that they stoned him. Not only did they stone him, they took him by his feet and they hated him so much that they dragged him out of their city. And left him on the side of the road. And the scripture says that the disciples came. And they stood round about him. And began to pray. And the Bible says that Paul rose up. And what did he do? Went right on fulfilling his purpose. Here's what I want to say to you today. If it seems like the devil has killed you and stoned you, that there's a resurrection power and purpose. Understand? If it seems like the enemy silenced you at one time and tried to take away the purpose that God has given you, I want to tell you that there's a power in people standing around about you that the Spirit of the Lord, even if the devil has killed you, that the power of God is so powerful that he can raise you from the dead and put resurrection life right back in you. you see? When you live by spirit, you live for purpose. Stop worrying about the things that you cannot change in this life. Stop worrying about who loves you and who don't love you. Stop worrying about the things that's happened in your past. And move on and understand that God has a greater future for you. The devil's always going to be the devil. Why are you so shocked?
can you hear the word of the Lord? Why are you so, why are you, why are you so bewildered? Why do you act like this fiery trial is some strange thing that has happened unto you? Right? Don't you know that the devil hates children of God? Don't you know that he will stir up all kinds of stuff? Listen, I told you, I'm minding my own mind. Listen, when old ladies will give you the finger, don't you know that God knows? Right? People just pull out. Lisa was at, at the stop sign not long ago and, and pulled out something. Lady went bazonka crazy, jumped out of the vehicle, come walking up toward Lisa. Lisa run the red light and Know the stop sign? Just mad. It's mad. Call me up and I'm like, it's all good. And police came and police saw who she was. And you know the first thing he said? He said, that woman better be glad that Pastor Cliff won't in his car. That's what he said. It's like her day messing up. Can I tell you that trouble comes? But if you live by the Spirit, you will recognize when the enemy is trying to upset you. And instead of giving your spirit to that rascal, you will lift up your hands and you can say, I serve a great big God and greater is he that is within me. No, 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 no. No, you got to get up a bed. No, you got to get up earlier, devil. No, no, no. You're not going to fall into all of this drama, 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 drama in your life because you don't understand flesh from spirit. You don't understand purpose. And when you have purpose in your life, don't be surprised when the enemy stirs up trouble. You think you're the only person in life that's ever been lied on? Ever been mistreated? Ever been overlooked? We ain't talking about devils always on the outside of the church. Can I tell you there's been a many a demon I've had battle with right inside of the church. Right? And they were so pretty. They came to church so pretty. They dressed up so pretty. They talked so pretty. Right? But the hearts weren't right. Right? Give me a man that has issues in his life. But his heart is right. Find me a man that loves me, even though he's crazy. And I'll take that man any day over the week and some dude that just quotes me scriptures and will stab me in the back. Hmm? Hmm? Some of those men, few and far in between. In this church, the women rule for the ones who love me. Because I can promise you, you mess with me and some of these women in this room, yes. hear you. Yes. They, they're going to go on you. Some of you. Some of you men need to catch up. <laughs> but I can promise you some of these pistol-packing women in here, I'd be going to see them in jail. Right, men, don't take that wrong way. But it's true. It is true. Thank God you don't need an army. All you need is people who actually 
believe the Lord and want purpose in their life and want to live a life that is full of purpose. A church that doesn't have purpose is a waste of good energy. God has, I believe, just wonderful things for us. That's why it should never be said that just a few people do all the work and all the giving in this church. You might not think that you matter, but you do. Everything about you, your talents and your gifts, they're welcome, and they should be welcome. Now listen, if you can't sing worth an absolute lick, don't make me have to tell you the truth. I can't even tell you. That's like them jokers. I mean, they put that stuff on me like where I came from because the person sounds like a dying cow, but they didn't want to tell them they sound like a dying cow. So I'd put them in front of me because, listen, if God has called you to sing, sing, right? Well, I sing a little bit. Well, we don't want you to sing a little bit. We want you to sing. If it ain't in your heart and it ain't got passion, you don't belong on the stage. If it sounds like a dying dog, no, be a greeter. I remember they let this one girl up there. Lord, have mercy. Lord, she sounded like a dying cat, dog, moo cow. And when she got through singing, I mean, everybody was clapping. But we weren't clapping because we were happy. Y'all done messed me up. How in the name of heaven I even get in on that? Y'all are bad influence. <laughs> Y'all can come and play something, and I'm through. Y'all have, it's, look, it's 11.58. I did good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad.